Welcome to the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show with Kim Pilato, broadcasting from the Port of Corpus Christi studios. Get more on the Port of Corpus Christi at portofcc.com. In the Oil Patch radio show will give you an inside look at the oil, gas, and energy industry and how it affects you from industry experts and government officials right here on the In the Oil Patch radio show. And now it's time for me to welcome my guest, Joel Powell, who is the executive director for the University of Houston Energy Institution. Joe, welcome to In the Oil Patch radio show. Well, thank you, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, talk about the Energy Transition Institute at University of Houston. Uh, we're just up and running as of uh, January 1st in terms of my uh, being appointed as executive director and uh, uh, look forward to, to speaking with you today. Well, we're very excited to have you as a guest. I do understand that this uh, new energy institute is going to focus on all different kinds of energy. And I hope today we accomplish, first of all, understanding a little bit more about what the goal and the mission is, how it's going to affect the university, the studies, and everything pertaining to that. But let's get started with Tell me a little bit about your background. You are the, you are the new currently uh, hired elected uh, executive director for uh, this Energy Institute here at the University of Houston. What's your background of how you became executive director? I'm very interested to know what is um, your expertise in this area. Well, yes, I uh, started in energy uh, coming out of University of Wisconsin in 1984 during the energy crisis and uh, worked in the oil industry on enhanced oil recovery and, and chemicals on new chemicals development, uh, became chief scientist of chemical engineering of Shell and uh, helped them manage a uh, strategy to uh, manage the energy transition to net zero by uh, 2050, did a lot of biofuels development in, in the new technology side, and then also uh, reached out and did quite a bit of volunteer work with the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, uh, National Academy uh, panels, uh, currently on one for carbon capture and utilization. How do we use that CO2 uh, instead of storing it underground? And then also was uh, chair of the uh, US uh, Department of Energy Hydrogen Technical Advisory Committee. So uh, had a uh, fascinating set of experiences across uh, the energy space, including some of the uh, uh, transition to some of the new vectors. Excellent. Well, you're certainly not a newbie to the energy transition. You've been with shale, as you mentioned. So let's get started there. How did the establishment uh, this new energy institute out of uh, University of Houston, the partnership, there's a partnership in place with Shale, which is your former employer. How did this come to fruition? Well, who, who started this? Yeah, well, that's Shell Oil, and uh, they stood up the institute with uh, uh, major directives, uh, one around uh, top-tier uh, research and technology, and so take advantage of the, uh, the faculty and expertise in, in research and energy at the University of Houston. Uh, Houston is known as the energy uh, university and located here uh, in the, the energy capital of the world, but also in the student and workforce development. And so uh, UH Energy, I, I believe uh, more than 70% of the students at, at University of Houston are engaged in some aspect of, of energy, whether they're in uh, communications or uh, engineering and sciences and, and other uh, policy and, and law. And so uh, it was a natural connection in terms of looking for that uh, workforce development pipeline moving forward, uh, which uh, Shell and other majors uh, can take uh, advantage of in the space to make sure that uh, the best and talented are going into energy careers. 
and that uh, mm -hmm. uh, from the University of Houston side, if it's a University of Houston student, we want to make sure that they're well grounded and have that background and energy so they can get up and running uh, with their new organizations. Well, I'm very excited because obviously, um, you know, prior to the whole energy transition and a lot that's coming out now, I don't think that uh, the younger generation, millennials, um, Generation X, were really very excited about continuing a career or even looking at a career in oil and gas. It just wasn't sexy. It was kind of a turnoff to, to this group. I don't think they quite understood the importance of it, but now everything has changed. Energy transition is definitely on the table, and it's definitely an exciting time to see all these new um, energy resources that are coming on board and taking the greatest talent that we have, these young generation kids, and bringing them into an understanding that while we still need hydrocarbons for a while, we can certainly make good transitions if we do it right and properly. And the fact that you guys have this new institute, give me the core mission of the institute, Joe. Well, yeah, the core mission, uh, one of the three is that workforce uh, development, uh, the student engagement, but also on the continuing education side uh, to make sure that uh, we have the outreach so that the uh, community and all stakeholders, whether environmental groups to the incumbent industry players, uh, to the communities impacted, have a, a place to go to exchange and uh, work through best solutions together. So we hope to be that uh, uh, honest voice in the room in terms of uh, what are the impacts and what are the best choices uh, going forward in these complex uh, decisions. Uh, also the the research prowess. And so uh, uh, University of Houston is a top tier uh, research institution and uh, we have uh, 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 research and development programs in uh, uh, circularity, which is a recycle of chemical materials. So how do you make the chemicals of the future? And then how do you uh, recycle more of it versus having it going into the landfill? So that's a very hot topic today. Hydrogen is a very important vector in the energy transition, whether it's coming from a natural gas, the old fossil economy with carbon capture and storage, or uh, whether you're developing it from uh, renewable electricity. And so that's a, a common vector, and that's also needed for the upgrading and recycle of, of CO2 into chemical products. And so those two uh, fit together quite well in terms of uh, research programs and uh, systems uh, integrations that are involved in the energy transition. And then a final one is a program that we've uh, already had up and running at University of Houston with uh, Chuck McConnell, ex-Secretary uh, of, of uh, Deputy Secretary of, of Energy. Uh, and uh, that involves uh, carbon management. And so we have a, a large collaboration there in, in carbon management. And uh, with the Energy Transition Institute, I'm looking to move that forward into uh, more of the research act, uh, aspects and uh, include some things like uh, direct air capture on top of some of the more uh, current uh, uh, CO2 capture type programs and really have that broad range of energy offerings from uh, what's applicable today to what it's looking like into the future and what is the, the research and technology needed to get there. So I think Excellent. that Excellent. all really integrates in terms of having these programs uh, of research engaged at the university, having the students involved with them in terms of uh, research and uh, uh, internship type opportunities and uh, being at the cutting edge of all of that's being uh, developing in the energy space, both uh, coming from where we are today, but also where we're going. Is it a core 
permission that you also would like to see other major integrated maybe energy companies such as maybe Exxon or Chevron also uh, join in this group, provide more funding. Shell gave a pretty big amount, but is it designed or, or is it hopeful that it'll continue to grow with other uh, you know, energy companies as well to continue to grow this platform? Yeah, we're grateful for the Shell gift. That's just a start, but uh, uh, certainly we're reaching out to uh, uh, all industry and all stakeholders in the area, uh, uh, the various uh, city and local government agencies as well that are involved in, in energy uh, development, but uh, certainly a, a broad uh, uh, section of industry uh, will be participating in the Institute. Ultimately, we will have uh, uh, consortia-like uh, shared research opportunities where one can leverage, you know, the, the research dollar in, into some of the cutting edge new developments. And I think, uh, all of industry really shares in that workforce development initiative. Uh, so, you know, that's something that's important to all industry and not just the incumbents, but also the, the startups. So uh, startup companies in, in the new technology and energy space uh, can benefit from the experience and, and help of some of the larger incumbents, incumbents. And so we're looking to create this uh, ecosystem where, uh, uh, established industry can get uh, access to the new ideas that are out there in the energy space and the new players in that space can really get some of the uh, expertise from the incumbents in terms of how do you move this forward and how do you do these uh, major uh, projects which uh, industry inevitably becomes uh, when uh, successful. Very exciting what you guys are trying to do. Um, let me ask you a little bit about your website. It says on here that your program aims to assist vulnerable communities impacted by climate change, environmental impacts through energy. And you know, Joe, there's a lot of other countries that still, believe it or not, not have access to reliable energy. And they definitely um, are looking for maybe cutting edge technology. How do they better uh, serve their communities? with fresh water, access to uh, good, clean, cheap energy. And so in, in this, when you say the uh, vulnerable communities will be impacted by climate change, there's a lot of that discussion on a global level as well. Are you guys planning on being a part of the, the global conversation with some of the things that are coming out, out of this institute, the Energy Institute? Well, very much so, Kim. Uh, um, the global multinationals are uh, headquartered or centered here in Houston. And so uh, it's a two-way street. As you mentioned, uh, uh, energy demand is going to go up at least by 50% by 2050. And a lot of that's going to be coming from the developing world, India and China. And so uh, there are tremendous opportunities to be developing and marketing uh, technologies uh, into those uh, uh, developing regions. And then also supplying some of the uh, developed regions uh, with uh, energy products and chemicals like Europe, where there will be more regulation in terms of what some of the carbon footprints and, and what, how much demand there will be for some of the uh, newer, uh, cleaner technologies. And so uh, we'll be working to pull all of that together and looking at energy on both a global level, but projects also on a local level. And to do that, we're developing metrics so we can go in and, and look at some of the social aspects of the life cycle analyses that go to evaluating uh, uh, projects and then uh, uh, working that 
with the communities involved in the implementations of these projects uh, to, to look at not only the impacts uh, in terms of uh, what the burdens are, but also the benefits. And Absolutely. as you may know, uh, Houston has an era attainment quality issue. Joe? And yeah, Joe, hold on. Let's take a quick break real quick because I want to drill down into this. We have to take a quick, almost against a hard break. You're listening okay. to the old radio show. We'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us. 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Welcome back to In the Old Patch Radio Show. My guest is Joel Powell, who is the Executive Director for the Energy Institute at the University of Houston. Joe, before the break, we know that this is a new project you guys are starting in a partnership with Shale Oil. Um, but in your web, on your website, you it, the program aims to assist vulnerable communities impacted by climate change and environmental impacts through energy. Uh, the development, and you, can you help me to get a visual on what does this mean for these vulnerable communities and how do you see this rolling out? Well, yes, we're... <clears throat> Very grateful to Shell for, for helping get this get uh, started and uh, really looking at uh, uh, developing tools and uh, metrics for uh, assessing the benefits and impacts of new energy technologies on uh, the communities where they're located. And one good example is the uh, ozone and air quality attainment issues with the local Houston area. And so we have quite a bit of uh, petrochemicals uh, manufacturing and uh, refining. Uh, and therefore we really need to look at the stakeholder impacts in terms of uh, uh, how do we plan and develop uh, new expansions and technologies that can be more amenable and, and uh, consistent with a high quality of life in the region. Uh, the benefits include things like moving to hydrogen where now you are eliminating some of the smog and ozone and those criteria pollutants. So moving to clean energy is a benefit to uh, those uh, uh, communities who live uh, near these complexes, but also in the transportation system around Houston. And so improving air quality is, is a benefit to all, and we need to make those uh, metrics clear. But then uh, also the impacts of the infrastructure and how it's deployed in development in terms of uh, how those are impacting the communities. Uh, a, follow, a final issue is uh, long-term economic security. And so the energy industry is now pivoting globally and needs to move into uh, cleaner energy and chemicals, technologies and processes. And so moving in that direction and having the training available in the jobs of, of the future will be very important to the overall Houston community and access to that future opportunity. So all of that combines into uh, quite an exciting opportunity to engage stakeholders and uh, paint this vision of what that energy fusion future will be and how we can all participate. 
Excellent. You know, earlier um, in the show, before we got on the air, I was asking you about the um, university's stance on all the energy transition that's happening. You know, I, I try to tell the listeners on the show that we are in a transition, we are moving away to cleaner, greener energy sources, but the need for uh, carbons is still here, meaning oil and gas specifically. Um, what is your thoughts, the university's thought on the Energy Institute on looking at the whole entire, the uh, whole energy system, ecosystem? Is, is hard, how important is hydrocarbons to the Institute still today? They're extremely uh, important. Uh, Kim, as, uh, as you look at uh, the length of time it will take to transition from the hydro hydrocarbon economy to uh, more renewable and clean energy, uh, hydrocarbons will with, be with us for quite a period of time, which is why carbon management, uh, carbon capture is so important. And then also how do you most effectively use those uh, uh, hydrocarbons by uh, channeling them into sustainable and recyclable chemicals pathways, but also uh, in developing hydrogen from natural gas as a replacement for diesel and transportation fuel. And so we look at it as a uh, transition that's happening uh, not only locally, but globally with a up to 50% increase in global energy demand and uh, uh, do systems analysis to really see what is the best pathway and what should be implemented in, in what order. And then uh, how is that best managed to, to minimize uh, the, the climate impacts, but also provide those benefits of energy and chemicals to all as we're managing the transition. And people want uh, those energy products and services at uh, uh, a low cost and good value. And so that's really the challenge in, in research and development. So mm -hmm. can we supply energy and chemicals products so that their lifestyle is just as rich and enjoyable as it was uh, uh, before we started the transition? And uh, how do we sustain all those products and services that they're uh, used, used to and uncomfortable with today? Is there, in your opinion, is it seems like a lot of uh, emphasis is being put more on the downstream and the chemical area. Is this primarily um, the Institute, Energy Institute, is this gonna be a core uh, fact of, is this basically what you're looking at or is it all forms the up, the mid and the downstream part of the energy sector or is it gonna be focused on a lot on chemical, um, as you said, in refinery, which is more on the downstream side, right? So wh where do you think the energy will lie, the majority of it, uh, the emphasis, if you will? Well, it's really all of the above, Kim. Uh if you look at carbon management, uh, you have to look at the overall energy system uh, from uh, wellhead to uh, end of life in mm -hmm. terms of uh, getting the assessment uh, to be correct. And so carbon management is one of the three pillars, but circularity for chemicals products is another one. And so that will look at uh, end of life uh, landfills, but also uh, the uh, sourcing materials. So are you sourcing uh, the hydrocarbon economy from oil and gas, or are you using biomass or captured CO2? And if you're using uh, CO2, you need to bring in hydrogen to make these chemical products. So we really have to integrate across that entire space in order to come up with optimal uh, systems and then uh, really understand uh, which of those systems are most likely to be economic and uh, deployable. So hydrogen as, as the final pillar is a very key vector in, in the middle of that in terms of uh, its ability to act as a fuel for There's processes. 
Yeah. There's a lot of interest in hydrogen as of right now. Media is all over it. So I'm glad we're covering that. I'm glad you're covering that too. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get on the topic of Shell Oil Yale's partner that gave the seed money for this uh, Energy Institute. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com slash business profile start dealing with a company you can trust and always find You're listening to the Old Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Joe Powell, who is the executive director for the Energy Institute out of the University of Houston. Joe, before the break, you were telling us pretty much what the core program is designed to do, what it's going to focus on. But this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't uh, without the generous donations from Shell Oil. They contributed $10 million to this program, and it's estimated that you guys will garner more than $52 million. We talked earlier about some of the energy companies that you know you hope to uh, get involved in this new venture as well. So just drill down a little bit more. Where do you see the 52 million that you need to grow this, this amazing uh, institute? And who are gonna be some of those core partners um, that you're gonna go after? Is it up, mid, down? Are these EMPs or exploration companies, refineries, all of the above? You did talk about getting involved uh, or helping the communities get involved, the um, local, um, elected officials as well, who, who are going to be the $52 million partners with you guys? Well, we've been fortunate with some anonymous donors to, to leverage the original uh, cell, Shell uh, uh, in, endowment that, that started the Institute. And, and we will be looking to, to grow that and uh, adding some very nice uh, interaction facilities there on campus so that uh, all of the major energy and chemicals entities in, in the Houston area can can join as well as the startup companies in, in the region and uh, other partners who have a, a vested stake in energy. Uh, we want to have a platform where all can engage and uh, deliver their inputs in terms of what is going to be best for all of the community, industry, the other stakeholders in the region uh, to develop these systems. Uh, because without that type of uh, engagement and feedback, you, you can't get it right to develop the kinds of energy sources and systems that, that people will benefit from and uh, be uh, uh, glad to have in their uh, communities and, and glad to be involved with. So, Joe, like a Chevron or an ExxonMobil, that their competitor, Shell Oil, is a part of this. You, you talked earlier about that this is going to involve research, employment, renewable, carbon management. And, but 
Most importantly, we all know that we have a great crew change that's occurring. A lot of the senior management in the oil and gas sector are retiring, and a lot of uh, the college kids are not necessarily looking into um, that field. So what is it that you think that Chevron, Exxon uh, Mobil, along with Shell, would be interested in? Is it future employment specifically, grooming and getting the best talent they can find to continue to grow in this area and looking at the new energy transition? What is it that they would want to be a part of, do you think, that would help them uh, want to be a partner in the Institute? Well, Kim, that's a very important mission of the Institute to develop that workforce of uh, tomorrow. So it's all about the students and getting the grounding and excitement in energy. Uh, when I was coming out of school, energy was front page news and it still is today. So uh, the opportunities for the students uh, to engage and uh, get grounded in energy and have a very exciting career in, in figuring out uh, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna address climate change? How are we gonna deliver these energy products at an expanded scale. And so all of the uh, current energy companies have a vested interest in uh, really developing that future workforce. And, and, and that's why we're here at the University of Houston is, is to make that happen. I agree. You know, the census are showing that by 2025, there will be a 3.5 million workforce gap in the STEM programs alone. And so that's kind of important. You got to get them early middle school to really engage them in STEM and have them uh, want to continue in this type of industry. And so with us lacking in this employment area, this is a great opportunity for us to highlight what you guys are doing. And this is all about energy transition for these young kids coming out and making their way and also helping the environment in the future. Um, when we get back from break, Joe, I want to talk about um, the universities and colleges and their place in the energy transition, you guys being one, but I'm pretty excited to see that all the universities are jumping on, a lot of them, and trying to really make a difference in how we uh, walk into or lead into this energy transition, this you know, uncharted waters, if you will, of where we are. But we gotta take a quick break. You're listening to a new Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. you're listening to in the old patch radio show my guest today is joel powell who is the executive director for the energy institute out of the university of houston 
Uh, Joe, before the uh, break, we were talking about Shell's commitment, Shell Oil's commitment to starting this and how you are hoping to partner with more energy companies, more midstream companies, everybody in the energy sector, new renewables, everybody is welcome. Uh, but let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the uh, transition that uh, the universities and colleges are making in way of looking at 100% renewable energy and that there's more than 40 colleges obtaining 100% of their electricity from new renewable resources. Is this something that the University of Houston is also looking to transition to? I know you talked about trying to help the city of Houston to look and see what is the best practice to move forward in diversification in a greener way. How is the university, do you see the university um, coming and, and, or putting this in, in the university itself? Is it gonna be renewable as well? Well, Kim, yeah, University of Houston sees itself as the energy uh, institution and uh, the energy university, and and really it's all forms of energy. And so we'll work with the uh, the natural gas portfolio and uh, add carbon capture and storage with that uh, to make that clean and available. And uh, and then also look at uh, how do you take oil and and incorporate that into long-term chemical products and materials that can be utilized in a sustainable manner. And so, uh, yes, there may be some uh, universities and institutions that are moving to all renewables, but uh, University of Houston will be all, be all about all energy. And so how do you make energy clean? Uh, how do you use uh, renewables? How do you uh, synergize and uh, work with those together to to develop the best systems for uh, energy and chemicals in a uh, affordable way, but also a sustainable way to move forward. So we believe you have to look at the entire energy system and picture to make those uh, correct decisions. And no, we cannot just turn off a switch and do away with fossil energy today. Uh, we don't have enough energy to do that. And, uh, and people would be very unhappy if, if uh, that were to occur. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, we have seen a couple of uh, occurrences here in the last couple of years with Storm Uri and different storms that took uh, the state of Texas offline. And we saw that there are some gaps. We're not probably quite ready to make a total transition into renewables and they they are good, but we need all of the above. And we're only ex uh, expecting in the future to have more energy needs instead of less. So de developing all forms of energy, making sure that we have a good handle on how we do the transition is vital to making sure that the transition goes smoothly because I think everybody wants smooth transition not uh, being taken offline but talk to me about your students at the university how do they get involved if we have a listener they are interested they want to tell their uh, child how do the students get involved uh, in your program well uh, come and apply to the University of Houston we have a very large uh, energy coalition with more than 5,000 students, which uh, they can sign up for. And regardless of what department uh, they're in, whether they're in STEM or whether they're in the, the liberal arts uh, college, uh, policy or law, everyone is welcome. Uh, we have seminars about energy. You can engage with uh, industry startups and uh, NGO speakers to, to learn more about the, the debate and, and opportunities in the space. 
And uh, by so doing, you'll get that inherent background and energy. So you can say, I'm from University of Houston. I know energy, whether I'm in uh, communications or law or medicine or uh, engineering and science. And uh, that background opportunity will be there. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, energy is and the transition is going to be with us for quite some time. So that will be a very great opportunity uh, career wise to be uh, uh, expert and have that uh, type of knowledge base to work from. Um, do you see at a, a local level how the campus will be impacted with the new institute in the way of? Um, I know you said apply, um, but is it going to grow? Do you see it growing? Tell me the future of where you see this going. Outside of building partnerships, how do you see the actual institute growing in the future? Yeah, we're looking to grow the university with uh, additional buildings and facilities, uh, an innovation hub so that these stakeholders can come together and, and work on energy proje uh, projects. There will be a lot of internship opportunities for, for students uh, with uh, this research and development. And we're really uh, looking to uh, uh, double the uh, research footprint of the University of Houston. Uh, quite a bit of that coming in the energy space. And so there will be a, a large uptick in opportunity to get involved, whether you're coming in as a new faculty member, uh, whether you're a student and engaging and, and looking to get some experience while you're on campus and, and connect with some of the industry and uh, and then others involved who just want to learn more about what's happening in the space. So, uh, you know, I would say a, a doubling in, in the overall uh, research commitments and uh, quite a bit uh, expansion of the infrastructure and opportunity to participate in the energy space. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break, Joe, but when we come back, our last segment, I want to drill down into some of the um, course initiatives that you have. One of them specifically, I want to talk and drill down into renewables, how you see that, and then also carbon management. But we are going to take a quick break. You're listening to Renewal Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 
471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices. So let's talk about an easy one, your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium, plus you can earn double dividends that will go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at TexasMutual.com slash Lone Star Energy. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Joel Powell, who is the executive director for the uh, Energy Institute out of the University of Houston. Joan, this is exciting. Uh, it makes me happy to see that a, a tier one university is, in Houston is jumping into the energy discussion and taking control of the energy transition in a way that can really help move us forward, but in a, in a, a very direct and collective way based off of research and data. Um, and not just thinking that we can flip a switch. But I do want to be able to drill down into some of the core uh, topics that you're going to be focusing on, one of them being renewable, carbon management, and hydrogen. So we have a better understanding of what these are and how you are going to go about it. So let's start with renewables. Everybody's heard that word. I'm not sure everybody understands. A lot of us do. But what specifically are you going to be looking in the way of renewables? Well, it's really about how do you implement uh, renewables and be successful. And so we have in many places, uh, low cost instantaneous uh, electrical power coming from uh, wind energy or solar panels. But uh, you really cannot use that uh, 24 seven without having a storage component. Mm -hmm. And that's very important for a heavy industry. It's also important for you if you need to do something in the, in the middle of the night or in a period when the wind is not blowing. And so one of the pillars of our institute is hydrogen, which can be play a very important role in terms of storing that energy and then bringing it back via a clean burning fuel cell into clean energy uh, that was stored and can be delivered at the high energy density and, and with the power content that uh, industry, uh, heavy duty trucks and such need in order to, to go forward. So we'll, uh, help the renewable side of the house in terms of wind or solar uh, be more usable and uh, play a bigger role in, in the future energy economy. And then also look at other sources like a geothermal uh, energy in terms of uh, what is there underground that can be uh, resourced using a traditional technology and know-how know from the oil and gas industry. That's also a player that can be used to produce this renewable energy and electrical power in a sustainable manner. So looking at all of the above and, and how do you make uh, renewable energy uh, more usable and sustainable. And you also did mention that hydrocarbons are also a part of this when you're looking at the hydrogen as well. So it's not going away again to clarify. It's just going to be another the continuation of all of the energy transition and all of the fuel sources. Can we switch gears and talk about carbon management? That word has been used a lot. Everybody has heard of carbon capture. Break that down for us, our listeners, to understand a little bit more about what your core focus is going to be when you say carbon management. Well, uh, we have an existing program uh, run by Chuck McConnell on uh, the Center for Carbon Management and Energy. And uh, that is looking at capturing carbon dioxide coming out of power plants or in refineries and chemical facilities and then storing that 
underground in uh, deep underground and depleted hydrocarbon reservoirs uh, for perpetuity so that you have actually uh, reduced the emissions that are coming out of those uh, traditional industries. So that's one aspect of, of carbon management. Uh, rather than storing it underground, you can also look at utilizing it. And so I'm currently on a National Academy study looking at how do we take that CO2 and put that into building products or other chemical products uh, that would be stored in that manner for a long period of time and, and find a, a use for it in, in the economy. And so those will be some of the research programs that will be involved in the circularity side of, of the, the University of Houston in terms of how do you do that carbon management. And a third is uh, carbon dioxide reduction. And so you can actually take CO2 out of the atmosphere and then either store it or utilize it into these uh, products. And that's a very exciting research field uh, to really uh, find ways to be removing CO2 out of the atmosphere and protecting the environment in that way. That can be done either directly or using uh, biomass or trees and plants and then recovering the carbon from those sources uh, utilizing a portion of the energy and then storing the rest underground. So uh, very exciting uh, research and development opportunities across that space to uh, reduce the uh, greenhouse gas uh, concentrations in the atmosphere and reduce the impacts of CO2 to all. One last question about biofuels. You had said that Charles, uh, your goal is to uh, be net zero by 2050. Um, is there a general idea of how you're going to achieve this? It takes a, a large array of programs in order to get there. There's no one uh, silver bullet, if you will, uh, in terms of how to get to net zero. And so one needs to look at the carbon capture and, and uh, storage coming off of existing facilities, bringing in the renewable energy systems with storage, bringing uh, biofuels and biomass into play where it makes the most sense. And where that likely will make the most sense is in the jet fuel and then your long distance transportation in that mode, because that is one area where you really need the high energy that's involved in those liquid fuels uh, in order to, uh, to fly and run a jumbo jet. And so we'll be looking at that overall energy system to decide uh, what resources are best deployed in what manner. Uh, and so that's optimized and uh, delivered with the most value and, and lowest cost for all. Very good. I'm very excited about this. You know, it is, when we talk about energy, it doesn't matter which one, it's a complicated topic. It's not as easy as flipping a switch, turning it off. Why can't we just get off of it? It's just not quite that simple. It has to be done in a way that is uh, systematic and also looking at all things versus just uh, when we do something that we just flip a switch, we wind up getting into uh, trouble and it's not good. If somebody wants to uh, learn more about the Institute um, here, the Energy Institute here at the University of Houston, uh, get a hold of um, you or your, your faculty, how do they go about website? Where do, they, where do you want to send our listeners to get more information? Yes, we have a UH Energy website and I would ask you to reach out there to get engaged and, uh, and come join us. So it's very exciting. There's more things going on in energy than at any time in, in the history of, of mankind in terms of the uh, really divergence of all the sources. And so uh, a very exciting opportunity. I look forward to you joining us. 
I, I do want uh, my staff and I, our team to go down there and uh, do a walk and, and just kind of check everything out and run a story on it in, in Shell, Mag Shell Magazine or other publication. And, you know, I agree with you. This is an exciting time. And while nobody, I think, really understands what the energy transition is going to look like when we're done, this will definitely be the biggest transition that we go through globally um, together and, and we'll find our way through it, I'm sure. But it's definitely going to be an exciting story to tell. I'm glad that we are a part to tell the story. But most definitely, it's an exciting time. And I'm glad you guys have opened up the Energy Institute. And I'm glad that Shell Oil stepped up and started it. And I do encourage other energy companies to be a part of it. It's important and it's necessary. Joe, thank you for coming on the show and explaining this. I appreciate your time. And we look forward to come, having you come back and give us updates when you, get, when you have some. Please be sure to let us know. Well, will do. And thank you for your time today, Kim. Uh, I look forward to uh, engaging further. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.